0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. All right, here's the deal. What? You can have some Oreos but you can't eat them until I get back out. Look at this. I see that. Penguin. Okay, you can eat one. Yay! Yay. One, two, three, four. How is it? fun this week in the mom household. Uh, I kind of had my bets hedged as who was going to win because we have our very methodical child, the one that's very calm, collected, rationale, follows the rules to the letter of the law. And then we've got Parker. And uh, she kind of loves to just ride that line as close as she can get. Like, I'm just going to lick it, right? Because dad didn't say anything about licking. I just couldn't eat it. Like, she is told that person, and true to Parker form, she called me out on my off-time habits. So now the church knows I enjoy playing Xbox. You are welcome for that. We had so much fun uh, uh, doing that, and uh, what's so cool about it is I had no idea what was happening. I just kind of set my phone and walked out of the room, and it, it was just cool because it's it's just it's fun to to get it. Like, there's never a part of us that leaves that when there's something right in front of our eyes that we want, it's so hard to resist. God in his infinite knowledge knows what he's doing, and that's an encouragement to me because a lot of times I don't uh, know what I am doing. And what's so cool about what's happening today is uh, I kind of realized this week that without me even planning it or, or, or kind of scheduling this, God's kind of had us looking at this one period of history for the last few weeks now. Last week, I talked about a man named Nehemiah who was a leader of his people in Israel, and he was taking his people from a country known as Babylon back home to Jerusalem. But the week before that, I talked about a man named Daniel who was like leading the people while they were in Babylon. And now today I'm talking about another person as they go into Babylon. Now, I don't know if I have any TV watchers in here, but I am a TV watcher. And I like kind of the, the TV shows that are like the super suspenseful, like not the best acting, but just run and gun and suspense. And whenever you get into these shows, they always go, previously on CSI. Right, You know what I'm talking about? And then you have the 20-second recap. I'm going to give you a little bit of a previously in the Old Testament. You have the nation of Israel, which is God's people. And God loves them. God cares for them. And he wants to do everything in his power for them. Because they're slaves in the country of Egypt. So they're praying, God, would you please get us out of this country? That we want to be free. And God goes, absolutely. I'd be happy to. If you just do what I say, we'll get you out of here. I'm going to make a covenant with you, which is just basically an agreement. And if you follow it, I'll bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the promised land. It's got Chevy trucks and Dr. Pepper and Orioles, all the good stuff. The promised land. So basically, all you have to do is just do what I say, hold up your side of the bargain, and you can have all of this for eternity. Great deal. The only problem is Israel did not hold up their side of the bargain. They turned their back on God. They didn't do anything that he asked them to do. So God is a God of love, isn't he? He loves us, but God's also a God that is just. And so he lets natural consequences take their course. So one day Israel is minding their own business, going rogue, when all of a sudden the nation of Babylon comes and rolls up into it. Takes all of them and ships them off to their home country of Babylon. Now, to kind of bring this into real life, imagine if after church today, you grab another donut, another cup of coffee, and just a fleet of white vans rolls up and just takes you away. 900 miles away, as a matter of fact. From here to 900 miles would be Dallas, Texas. Now, I know some of you are like, if I had to get kidnapped to go to Dallas right now, I'd do it. It's cold outside this morning. But for Babylon, I'm sorry, for Israel, this was not a good deal. You might imagine this is not a situation where they're feeling all nice and cozy and comfy. They're being taken to a different country to be slaves. So what they try to do is they're like, you know what? I want to get out of here so they contrive a plan. Let me read to you what this plan looks like. This is what Jeremiah the prophet says in Jeremiah 29. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Israel was quite literally trying to manifest a dream out of Israel. Because here's their plan. They're like the little three-year-old on the video from before. I'm not going to eat it, but I'm just going to lick it. What Israel is doing here in this situation is... We can't just get out of here and just break for it. We have to let God let us out of here. So, here's what we're going to do we're going to go find prophets. And if, if they have a dream that we just escape and we can go, then we'll have God's blessing. So, what they do is they try to manifest this dream. I love what, what Jeremiah says do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. What Israel's doing is they're like, hey, prophet, how's it going? Good, good, I'm glad you're doing good. Hey, uh, let me show you a picture. You know, I, I'm missing home, I'm sure you're missing home too. But I'll just show you a picture of, of my house. Isn't it a nice house? It's, you know, it's kind of a rambler. The, the bathroom's unfinished, but it's not a bad place. Like, here's, here's my house, and here's all my back patio. There's the olive grove over there. It's nice, isn't it? Just picture it. Just a great place. Just picture it vividly in your mind. You look tired. Do you want some Zequil? Maybe a nap? Would be good. Why don't, why don't you just go home and have a dream about me going back home, and then we can go home? They're trying to manifest the dream quite literally. And if you're like, oh, dude, you're missing it. I, I'm, I'm not clicking. Let me, let me make it this way, okay? How many of you have a smartphone? Everybody. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. Everybody's got a smartphone. They don't even make the flip phones anymore. I wish they did because they're indestructible. These smartphones are very, very intuitive, very, very intelligent, scarily so. Last night, my wife and I were on the way home from the movie theater, and we were talking about how our nephew was at Monster Jam. Do you have any Monster Jam fans in here? A few of us. Okay, there was zero in first service, but that's because they're sleeping, which is why they're at the first service, okay? So we were talking about Monster Jam, and lo and behold, we get home, we feed the animals, we crawl in bed, we start scrolling Facebook, and what were my curated ads on Facebook? Monster Jam. Never looked at Monster Jam before, but my phone had heard me say Monster Jam. And so all of a sudden, now I got ads. Now, full disclosure, Meg walked out of the sanctuary a little bit ago. I'll let you guys in on this secret. Today after service, I'm going to steal her phone. Tonight, I plan to mention Beretta shotguns, Chevy trucks, <laughs> Dr. Pepper, and Raising Cane's. And when my birthday comes up next month, I'm going to be loaded. I'm going to manifest this sucker if it's the last thing I have to do. She knows me well, but I'm going to make it happen, right? This is the kind of conniving thing that Israel is trying to do. They're trying to skirt around God's correction by having a prophet have them go on home. But God's no dummy. Look what God says here in verse 2. also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Then you have verses 8 and 9, which I just read to you, and then verse 10 and 11. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I don't know about you, but it doesn't have the same ring to it as it does when you get the graduation card next spring. I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. But first, you're going to have to wait for 70 years. 70 years we get upset when Chipotle is back-ordered, right? 70 years. They were had to, would have to sit there for 70 years before they could go back home. And I know for a lot of us, you're kind of like, yeah, that's a long time and everything else. But the point of this whole thing, the point that when I was looking at, when I was studying this, what I felt like God had for the Bridge Church and those that are in this room right now is what happens when those 70 years are not part of the plan that you had, Because here's the deal. We are really good at planning. We're really good at kind of going where we want to go. We're dreamers, right? I talk about this all the time. The psalmist in Psalm 139 says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. God put different dreams, different aspirations. He put very things inside of you so that you could chase the things that he makes you passionate about. For some of you, you could care less about having a hunting dog. But for me, I dream about a black lab bringing my ducks back to me frequently. Literally and metaphorically, I dream about it all of the time. Some of you couldn't care, right? But those are dreams that I have. They're dreams that I'm chasing after. They're dreams that I've asked and I've prayed for and God's blessed me with so many great ones. Dreams are such a great thing. And there's also vision. What's the vision? Where are you leading? What are you doing? What's this looking like? What's the vision? Especially in the church world, we hear this all of the time. What is the vision that God's put on your heart? Why do we talk about vision? Proverbs 29 says this, where there is no vision, people perish. It's good to have a vision. You need to have a vision. It's good to have dreams to chase after it. My question is, what happens when the dream doesn't go the same way we hoped it would? What happens When we're on the way, we're making progress, things are going well, and all of a sudden there's an absolute right angle turn and it goes the other direction. Then what? Because here's what happens. A lot of times we talk about having courageous, bold faith. I'm going to step out. I'm going to take this hill. I'm going to do something big for God. I'm going to be big. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. But can I tell you, Some of the biggest, strongest, most courageous acts of faith I've ever seen were not just in big moments, but they were in moments of when people chose to obey God even when their plans went unmet. Some of the boldest, courageous people I follow that are moved, that move me, I'm sorry, are people that chose to be obedient to God when it wasn't easy. I'm inspired. By dreamers. I'm inspired by visionaries who can get up and just sit there and go, what about this? Like, I'm I'm so, so inspired by what they do. I wish I was kind of that way. But let me tell you something. While I'm inspired by those people, I'm moved by people that are obedient when it doesn't make sense. I am moved by Noah, who built an ark in a drought. When everybody laughed in his face and said, what? What are you doing? Sure. Yeah, God told you to build a boat. Heard that one, right? It's a drought. What are you doing? They laughed in his face. But he stayed the course and he obeyed when it wasn't easy. I'm moved by Noah. I'm moved by David, who was the eighth of eight siblings, overlooked, not considered, built like myself who chose to say, no, no, this isn't, this isn't okay. A, 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 a giant is going to defy our God. No, no, I'm not going to do the status quo. I'm not going to just continue on go on with my plans of being a shepherd. I'm going to step in to what God's calling me to do. Even when every one of my brothers laughed at me and said, who do you think you are? He still stepped into what God called him to do. I'm moved by Mary and Joseph with teenagers, had their plans, or gonna get married, live a great life. When God said, hey, you're pregnant with my child, and set off their plans to do what God called them to do. See, plans are good. As a matter of fact, I'd encourage you to go home and have plans for your life. A summit that you're chasing, a direction you're going, chase them. Like go after him, do all those different things. But what I would encourage you to do is don't forget that God has the best plan. Not always the easiest, but the bet the best. The Israelites messed up. There's no two ways about it. They deserved everything they got. God said was very clear. I'll give you all of this. All I'm asking, all I'm asking is that you just do what I ask you to do. If you just just put me above everything else. Just believe in me. Don't turn your back on me. That's all I'm asking you to do. And they did it. So they had every right to just have the wrath of God come down, but he didn't do that. He sent them off to exile, yes. But look what he says. I carried you into exile. So here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to build houses and settle down. Quit living out of a box. Quit living, you know, underneath a tent temporarily. Get comfortable. Because I have you here for a little bit. Build a house. It may not be your ultimate home, but it's a home. It's a, it's a roof over your head. It's a place to share memories. It's a place to commune together. Build a house and settle down. I love the definition of settle. To begin to feel comfortable or established in a new situation. See, so many of us are taught, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. And that's a good thing. But to settle and to have a settlement are different. To settle means I'm going to get comfortable in the situation that I'm in right now. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I'm going to choose to be in a place where God can speak to me right here. God wanted them to be settled and not frantic, not anxious, not chaotic. He wanted them to be comfortable because he was going to teach them something. You can't be taught something when your mind's going a million miles an hour and you're not settled. Sound familiar? I believe God's trying to been speaking to some of us in here right now, but we've been so focused on what's ahead that we're missing what's happening right now. We can't hear the voice of the Lord if we don't settle our minds and our spirits enough to be able to hear him and understand what he's saying. God said, build houses and settle down. The second thing he said is to plant gardens and eat what they produce. You're going to be here for a while. You're going to need some food. Plant seeds. It's a metaphor for what God was going to speak to them right here and right now. The third thing, marry, have kids, increase in number. Woohoo! Right? We're going to be together. We're going to have community. We're going to be doing this thing together. There's strength in numbers, there's joy and peace. Quit living isolated, have community. And the last one, which I think is the hardest one. Seek prosperity and peace for the city. Pray for it. Because put yourself in their shoes for a second. You want me to build a house? Sweet. I love a house. That'd be awesome. You want me to plant and be able to eat? Awesome. I love to eat. The last one, you want me to... Increase in number. Sweet. But the last one, pray for prosperity of the city. Reminder, this is a city that robbed them from their home. This is a place, the bully on the playground, that picked them up by their underpants and dragged them back to their homeland. These were mean people. This wasn't like a, hey, we're going over to the Radisson Get in the van. This is a no. We're taking you to our place. You're our people, our possession. We're going to do what we want with you. And now God's saying, pray for them? Seek prosperity for them? Are you kidding me? Look what he says. If it prospers, you too will prosper. I think so many times we get so fixated on what we want from our lives that we miss the fact that God wants to bless us even in the hardest seasons of life. God wants to meet us in the very thing that we feel like is absent of his presence. What do I mean by that? He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And that's such a hard truth for us to feel when we feel like we're being harmed. That's such a hard thing to feel I, I, I bet you're sitting here and you're going like, yeah, Derek, that's great. It's great that those are my plans. But you don't understand how hard and difficult my not plan is. Because I know for a fact there are people in this room that are walking through very difficult things. Well, I haven't always experienced things these personally, there are things that I have. But there are things that I haven't. But here's what I have seen. I have seen the plans of to have a family. And to start it with my husband or my wife or whatever it is. To have kids and babies and all the other stuff. Only to find out that you try and you try and you try. And the babies don't come. I've seen the pain that comes when you have the baby. But things happen. And to go through that loss is crippling. I have seen. What it's like when you're married for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, 40 years. And all of a sudden, a bomb gets dropped in the middle of the family. And you're sitting here going, this isn't part of the plan. You can get up here and tell me that this is God's plan. I have seen what it's like when you are working so hard. You're doing the right things. You're not cutting corners. You're working hard. You're staying late, but you still get passed over on that promotion. And your family is still struggling to pay the bills. I've seen what it likes when you're waiting and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying, and that prayer answer does not come. I've seen it. I've felt it. I've witnessed it. And I am not here to tell you that the horrible thing that you are doing was because God wanted you here. But what I am telling you is this is not just some cute thing you put on a wall. This is a truth that God puts in his word that says, I have plans for you. And what are those plans like? Those plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. To give you hope in a future. This is not a God that's trying to just make your life miserable. He's trying to bring redemption to your story. Even the most difficult things. If you're obedient. but he's calling you to do. Because here's what I also have seen. I have seen families that struggle with infertility. And I've seen them love kids that have bounced through the system more times than I can even count. And the joy and the hope that they bring to that kid is uncontainable. I have seen how people do the right thing and get passed over. But in the moment of waiting for that, they get to love other people and care for them. I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know what my life would have looked like, but I'm pretty confident of this. Had my family not blown up in shambles when I was 13 years old, had my parents not I went through a horrific divorce and my mom and I went to jail, I am fully convinced I would not have had a thriving, active relationship with Jesus. I would have went to church every once in a while, believed maybe, When you walk through things that are that painful and that difficult, you kind of get to the end of yourself and you find that there's a real Jesus that cares for you and loves you, that died on the cross and wants nothing more than to be close to you. He's got plans for you. And even though those plans are not being realized right now, right here in this moment. He wants to meet you in this moment. This is where he wants to meet you, especially. When you're in the valley, wait for him to move. Because look what he says after verse 11. After all this, after seven years of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, you're going to come back home. But then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. They had been running from God. Now they're gonna be running to him because of what they walked through in their life. Church, I'm here to tell you that there might be plans that you have in your life and they may not go the way that you want or that you desire. I'm not going to tell you that you just have to smile your way through it and just pretend it's all okay. But I am telling you that I'm here to say that Jesus wants to meet us right where we're at, on the mountaintop, but also in the valley. And it's imperative that we just do what he says and trust the process because he has a plan. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope in the future. We have to stay the course. We have to continue going one foot in front of the other, doing the right things, listening to God, forgiving that person that's unforgivable. Keep on trying. We gotta keep on trying to make this marriage work. We gotta keep on believing God that the finances are gonna come through. We gotta keep on going to the doctor's appointments. We gotta keep being obedient to what he's calling us to do. We gotta keep pouring into those kids, pouring into those students, pouring into our kids. We gotta keep doing the right things because God's going to meet us along the way. You will seek me and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Today's a full circle moment here at the bridge. If you're just kind of walking in or you haven't been here in a little while, today after service we have our annual business meeting. But in the annual business meeting at the end of it there's a vote that's got to be taking place within our bylaws there's a two hour or two hour that'd be a, whew, quite the trial period a two year window in which you as the church get to decide if you want me to be the pastor of this place and members are going to vote on it so I hope to see you next Sunday but here's what I'm here to say In the last two years, I have seen God bring community to people in this place. People meeting each other, rekindling friendships, finding a place like, these are my people. I look forward to coming to this place and seeing you. I've seen a community within here. I've seen a culture change of going, I'm expecting God to move. When I come into this place, I'm expecting to encounter him. I've seen development. Of people in faith and how they're going about things and stepping into dreams and stepping into all these things. It's been so cool. But Tuesday, I came into my office and I'm going, God, what do you want me to preach? Cause I know. Full disclosure, I was out of ideas. We have a sermon series starting up in a week or two, but I was like, God, what do you want to speak right now to these to, to our people? The Lord kind of gave me Jeremiah 29 and as I studied it, I kind of felt the Lord said to to me, Derek, you got plans for this place. You got vision. But I'm asking you to trust my plans, my vision. It's not about you. I'm going to do what I want to do. So look at Jeremiah 29. I'm going to unveil what that looks like, what it all is going to Roll out some practical things. But I want to leave you with this. As a church, I'm asking that we choose to seek the Lord and find the blessing in there right now. It's good to look ahead. We're going to look ahead in about 10 minutes. But I'm asking us as a church to have the posture of saying, God, whatever it is that you want to do, we'll do it. Whatever it is that you have for us, we'll do it. Whether it's our plans or not, we're gonna step into it and trust you that you're gonna be with us throughout the whole thing. Whatever plans you have for your life, whatever it is that you're chasing after, I'd ask you to do the same thing in your personal life as well. Obey, trust, and look for him in every single circumstance, every single situation, because there is a God who wants to do incredible things for you and in you. And when you do that, he'll use you to impact other people. So I'm asking that we look for him. I'm asking and challenging that you would be obedient to whatever it is he's calling you to do right here, right now. You might even know what that is. as you walk out of this place. Watch the blessing. Come. In a variety of ways, watch the blessing. Come. Be bold today. Bold enough to humble yourself before him. Watch what You pray with me today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this place. I pray for each person in this very room. I pray, God, that as they walk out of this place, that they'd feel you. God, I ask that today we would have the humility to say, we've messed up, we've got it wrong. We've made mistakes. But Jesus, I pray that you would forgive us. You would lead us, you would direct us. And God, whatever it is that you have for our lives, for our families, for our schools, for our jobs, for our church, for our community, I pray, God, that you would do it. And I pray, God, that we would find you in the midst of it. Jesus, break down walls, have breakthrough come through. We ask, God, that you would do a new thing and a new work inside of this church, inside of St. Francis and beyond. Jesus, we love you. Be with us. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Can we praise the Lord together this morning? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit... If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.